Counseling Angry Children on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. This week on the podcast, I have with me my dear friend, Sean Perrone. He has an MDiv from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. He serves as the associate pastor at First Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. He's an ACBC certified counselor specializing in marriage counseling. He's the author of three different books, Letters to a Romantic, one on dating, one on marriage, and then one about the first years of marriage. He's also doing a PhD here at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in biblical counseling, and I cannot wait. I'm not going to reveal today, but I cannot wait until my brother is done, and we're working together. He is driving the ship on a phenomenal topic that I cannot wait to to unveil, and that all of our listeners are going to be hearing more about in the days to come. And I'm just so excited about, Sean, the work that you're doing there. Let let me tell you a little bit more about him. He's married to Jenny. He's been married to her for 10 years. They have two children, and he's most passionate about the work of pastoral ministry, his family, and hot tea. He's blessed by the sincere Christians of First Baptist Church in Jacksonville and their passion for the Scriptures. And Sean, as we talk about this issue of, of counseling angry children... Uh, this is not an easy one to discuss. It's very, very difficult and uh, complex, yes, certainly, because there are a lot of factors that, that weigh in here, but it is definitely difficult. When you're dealing with children, you're seeing them hurting so much and then even acting out in so many different ways to know how to navigate. And so I'm glad that we're going to tackle this topic today. So I just want to start just helping us to understand sort of the landscape when we're dealing with children, particularly who are struggling with issues of anger and well, we're seeing this a lot more and more today, and I don't want to miss the fact that, you know, the, the breakdown of the family in our society is certainly contributing to this on so many levels. But I want to talk about some of the factors. What are factors that counselors should be aware of when they're dealing with children who are exhibiting angry behavior consistently? Yes. So th- there are numerous. Uh, it would actually take a while to unpack every possible one, but let me give you uh, a few that are at play here. So no particular order, you have pressures that the child is experiencing. Those could be pressures from the home. The Proverbs talk about how um, when you're around an angry man, you you pick up uh, anger. When you're around angry parents, you pick up uh, their behavior. Um, and there could be pressures in the home. There could be dysfunction in the home, brokenness, conflict, rage, uh, and all that's taking place. But then you don't have just the pressure of the home, you have the pressure of school. So Many of um, most children are in some sort of school system that is in public in nature, and you have all kinds of different parenting backgrounds that come into the kids that are uh, at play there, and you have bullying that takes place, you have abuse that takes place, you have ridicule, you have mocking, you have general conflict that just uh, happens as little uh, centers get together and uh, play and learn and study, and all that works itself out into influences. Then you have time. You have a time issue that's at play. So I remember counseling this uh, th- this one boy who was dealing with anger, and I asked his mom uh, what their schedule was like at home. And uh, he would go to school all day. He would come home. He would eat. And it was unclear about whether or not that was a, a, a family event. Uh, and then he would go and he would play video games for three straight hours. And he did this, did this every day. And 
that has an impact. So that's time that is not being spent with parents. That's time that's not discipleship is not being poured in. And that's time where he's online gaming with other uh, angry uh, children. So you have time issues and their schedule. You have uh, another factor is heart issues. So uh, this is uh, this is actually the heart, uh, no pun intended, is the heart of the matter. Out of the abundance of the heart uh, comes our actions. So uh, in fact, Mark, uh, Mark chapter seven talks about how foolishness comes out of the heart. Uh, anger comes out of the heart, rage. And that is where our hearts are in need of a new birth. Our hearts are in need of Jesus Christ to come and put love in our hearts instead of hate in our hearts. And when our hearts are squeezed by the pressure and the time constraints and bad parenting and bad influences, all of that comes out in an angry rage or a cold rage. Those are just a few of the factors at play. Yeah, well said. Those are things that we should be paying attention to and looking for. I also want to mention, I'm sure you're going to get into this as we talk through, uh, you know, when I'm when I'm dealing with children, whether it be issues of anger or, or other issues, I'm also engaging the parents as well. I think that's so important as we think about the way God has designed the family to, to operate in the the biblical system that God has granted, and we often see change affected that way. Now, this is not to say that well, all the problems are blamed on the parent. That's not what I'm saying. The, the parents are certainly influential, maybe even contributory to some of this. There probably is some personal responsibility that they need to take. But we also recognize that that, that child is a moral agent. They are making choices and decisions. Yes, they're being influenced. Yes, there are a lot of other variables, but they are a moral agent and we want to address them clearly. So I'll get your thoughts on that in a second. I just want to make that distinction. I think it's really important that that we see this child in the unit, the family unit that God has given and operate in the structures that are God-ordained and helpful and healthy. I, w- I want to move on to this issue of ways to give biblical instruction. We have to be cautious, certainly, depending upon maybe the degree and level at which this child is exhibiting different styles or types of anger. But what are some of the ways that we give biblical instruction to angry, angry children that are memorable and relevant to the child? Ah, Yeah, I love this question. So, a few things, and you're, you're absolutely right about parenting. So uh, I won't counsel a child unless uh, the parent or the guardian is involved in the process. When it comes to giving instruction, it's meaningful and memorable. Uh, I think of it like a basketball court. So as the counselor, I'm the one who's passing the ball to the parent who is going to slam dunk it. So the parents are the ones who are scoring the points. The parents are the most valuable player. The parents are the ones who are really involved, the ones discipling. It's their responsibility to disciple their children. And anything I can do to give a tool or instruction to not just the child, but the parent to teach them that throughout the week, that is where the action happens for transformation and change. So let me give you a couple of examples. So when thinking about connecting the Bible to a child, I think first and foremost, we should not adopt the cultural mindset that children really can't understand the scriptures or they really can't understand difficult things. Children deserve a lot more credit. Like they can really understand more than we think they can. This is true about young kids, it's about toddlers, and it's true about older kids as well. So I don't want to dumb down the Bible. We should never do that, but we should also seek to make the Bible pop with relevance in their life as the Bible is intended to do. One way that I, I try to think about this is thinking about what are some simple texts of scripture that I can transform into an image that will stick in their mind. Let me give you a few examples. So the theological truth that our heart is the wellspring of life, our heart is the source of our actions. 
Well, that, that's a big truth, but it's actually very simple. Here at our, uh, our counseling center, uh, there was a fountain right across the street from where we are. And this fountain is, every, every kid knows what a fountain is. You have water in the bottom and the water comes out the top. And so I would just take a pen or a paper or dry erase marker and I would sketch out a fountain and say, okay, if I put water in the bottom of the fountain, what's going to come out the top? Well, water. Well, what, what's, your favorite, what's your favorite drink? Is it apple juice? Is it Coke? Is it Dr. Pepper? Now, if I take the water out of the fountain and I pour in Dr. Pepper or I pour in apple juice, what's going to come out of the top? Well, apple juice or Dr. Pepper. So whatever's in the bottom comes out the top. In the same way, whatever's in your heart, if your heart is full of hate, what's going to come out? Oh, hate. If your heart's filled with love, what's going to come out? Ah, love. So that, that's just a simple illustration that it, it doesn't take any formal degree or a uh, or licensure to be able to do that. All you got to do is just think, okay, how does the Bible talk? And then how can I make that in a memorable way? Another example, um, we would explain the gospel to children. This is, this is their greatest need. In our office, we had a sponge in our kitchenette over here. And so I took a sponge, got the sponge over and I said, okay, so if we spill something on the ground, you can spill something on the ground. What's the sponge going to do? And I had this one, one sweet little guy and he said, uh, well, it's going to soak up. It's going to soak up all the juice. Like, yeah, that's right. So when Jesus, when he dies on the cross and God pours out his wrath on his son, uh, Jesus absorbs, he absorbs all the wrath of God so that we can trust in him and be forgiven. And he responds and he says, he soaks up all our sin. It's like, that's right. He sure does. So that, that's substitutionary atonement uh, just displayed in just a small visual. And there's countless, countless ways that counselors can... Uh, have the integrity and the authority and sufficiency of scripture just pop with relevance in their lives. Uh, those are just two examples. I can give more, but uh, I'll, uh, I'll save them. I love that. I, and I think part of what you're describing is, is the way in which Jesus used parables, where uh, he's using those for a specific end. He's trying to help the people who are around, particularly the, the disciples, and he's trying to help them to understand an eternal truth with something that's right around him in the moment. Uh, that we can gain yes. from God's creation. And if we can do that with fountains and sponges, praise the Lord. I think that's a great way to, <laughs> to do it. And and those things will stick in the mind of a child because they know how those things function. And it brings eternal truths to the hearts of a child. I, I love that. What if a child, and this has happened to me, I mean, on multiple occasions where a child is so bound up in anger, they their life experiences, they they don't trust people. They walk into the room. They're not, let's just say kindly, they're they're not the most thrilled to be there to hang out with you for a little bit. And they, as they come in, they walk in, They, you can tell in their body language they're, they're not super thrilled to be there. So what if you have a child who's so angry that they just, they clam up, they sit in the chair, they don't want to talk at all, and you're having trouble dialoguing some with them? What are some of the things that you do? Yeah, so with this, I think we need to think back to the fundamentals of methodology that ACBC gives us. So the, the same methods that we use for adults, which are biblically informed theological issues, those methods are the same ones we use for children. So I'm thinking of uh, build involvement and gather data. So you, you're trying to build involvement. You're trying to have a real live relationship with this child where you, you connect and they trust you. And you trust, uh, they can trust what you're going to tell them. And so how do you do that with the kid? Well, any way that you do that with a normal, normal adult. So you can ask them all kinds of questions uh, like, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? What do you like for dessert? 
what makes you happy? What's a normal day look like? Uh, do you like to read? Do you like to write? Do you like to sing? Do you like to dance? Do you like to draw? You can help them open up to realize that, oh, you're uh, you're a real person who cares about them. Um, maybe they walk in with a, uh, I don't know, a Marvel t-shirt and they like Spider-Man. You can connect and talk to them about that. Maybe Maybe one way to get in is to say, hey, do you know what? I probably know that you're not thrilled to be here. You know what? I don't blame you. I, I would be too. And so let me ask you, why do you think you're here? Why do you think your parents brought you here? Um, how do you feel about meeting with us? And it's okay if you don't, you know, don't know me and don't uh, really uh, want to be here. I, I totally get that. And I just want to get to know you. I want to hear about what's going on in your life. And there will be kids where no matter what you do, it's just not going to work. And then if that's the case, go back to the parent and say, hey, do you know what? I think um, I think Johnny's having a hard time uh, opening up. But you, do you know what? I'm going to work with you as the parent to give you all the same information that I would give the child. And so maybe they're not connecting with me, but I'm going to help you connect with your child. And if you guys can't connect, then there's something broken in your relationship. And we can help with that. And that is bad news that leads to good news. And so those are a couple of angles that I would take to try to get to, to build a formative relationship. Yeah, great advice. And essentially what you're saying is is some of our counselors are going to have to do some homework on Marvel to make sure that we understand. <laughs> we understand. Uh, uh, no. I don't know if that's the takeaway I want to give. No, no, no. I, I get exactly what you're saying. We, we need to enter in the child's world. We, we need to understand a little bit about the things that they love, that they're passionate about, and begin that relationship there as we build involvement. No, I think that was super well said. And I, maybe I, maybe need, Yoda is a better. Uh, may, yeah, maybe Yoda <laughs> might be better uh, illustration. But, <laughs> but we want to find out, you know, what this kid is is passionate about, what they what they enjoy. And That's right. You can build good relationship with them that way. And and I've seen so many of those things work so well, as you're building trust in that child. Again, part of the reason they're angry and 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 barriered against people is they've been hurt in the past in some way, shape, or form, and so they're not just going to open up and trust you immediately. So we, we have to do some work there, and that's great. Now, as we move into you know we, we get engaged in counseling and we start working them through you know some of the different issues that they're they're wrestling with. We're talking to the parents and that sort of thing. What, what kind of homework assignments are you providing in order to help children who are who are angry? Yes. So. How I think about it is, let's say I'm only meeting with the child for no more than an hour a week. Um, so counseling sessions with kids are usually a bit shorter, as they should be. And I only got one hour a week. Or maybe if they're active in church and they're coming two or three times a week, maybe I, and I'm involved in their Sunday school class or I'm involved in their kids' ministry, maybe I have two or three hours a week. The parents, though, have a lot more time with them. And so all the homework assignments I'm going to give, they're not, <laughs> they're not optional. They are crucial. It is critical. And so I really stress that with the parents. Like The most important thing that's going to happen is if, if we're building the foundation here, if we're building a house, I'm laying one brick at a time and you're laying all the rest of the bricks that the whole rest of the week. And so your, your role is crucial. And so the homework assignments I give, I give with a few things in mind. So one is something that the child can do. The other is something that the parent can do with the child. And then the third is something the parent should do on their own. So the secret is I actually have more than one counselee. So I'm not just counseling the child. I'm counseling the parent or the parents as well. So three categories, something the kid can do, something the parents can do with their kid, and then something that the parent should do on their own. I'll give you one concrete example. So let's say I'm looking at Romans chapter 12 to talk about anger. Romans chapter 12 is short 
easily memorizable, uh, very quick, punchy statements about anger. So do not repay evil with evil. Vengeance is mine, declares the Lord. And I would have the kid and the parent work on memorizing one of those short passages of scripture. So that would be the kid. The the kid's responsibility is to memorize that text. Uh, And the parent's obviously going to help them depending on the age. But then the parent should go and they should read a text of scripture together. And there should be pick one, maybe one passage that whole week that they read every night uh, before bed. And they could read it together, and then they could have the child summarize the text back. So it, it, it could be any wonderful biblical story. It could be about Joseph uh, and his brothers, and it could show the effects of anger and the effects of jealousy that take place. It could be about how Jesus responded when people mistreated him and how people were angry at him and how he responded biblically, and you could share the gospel in that way. And then I would also uh, recommend something for the parent to do themselves. So. This could be as simple as reading Ed Welch's book, A Small Book About a Big Problem, uh, which is a a wonderful, very convicting (laughs) book about anger at short one page a day. The parents read read that together at night, and they're learning tools about how to counsel someone or how how to deal with their own child with anger issues. But I'm hitting, uh, I'm taking a shotgun approach and not just only having one isolated uh, category. I'm I'm getting a full-orbed picture uh, of the scenario. Brother, this is so helpful, and and I'm so grateful we're we're addressing this, and and so many applicable things that we could uh, do even outside of this specific topic of of counseling angry children. And so, uh, listeners, I hope you're encouraged by the things that, that Sean's sharing with us, and that you're able to implement these things uh, very soon. So, uh, well done, brother. Thank you for joining us again. I really appreciate it. Thrilled to be here. Thank you, Dale. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. You know, so many counseling problems that people face in life are somehow connected to the family. And particularly as we deal with issues as we have today related to children, we all need help in working with those who are struggling, uh, whether it be children or those family members, working with the children in the home. And I want to encourage you that there are so many resources in our resource library at biblicalcounseling.com. Go to our main page and you'll see up at the top, click the button called resources. If you do a search for children or anything related to families, you'll find nearly 400 resources on some of these very important topics related to counseling children, parenting, the family, familial issues. And so I want to encourage you to to avail yourself to that particular site. Go to our our main page, biblicalcounseling.com, click resources, do a search, and you'll find an abundant resources that will help you as you're helping those who are struggling with these types of issues in the family. So as a reminder, go to biblicalcounseling.com. Thank you.